Welcome to Voices in Health Law, podcast of the American Bar Association's Health Law Section. I am your host, Stephanie Dorville, and my guests today are Tiffany Shi and Elisa Long. Tiffany Shi will be moderating a panel that Lisa Long is going to be one of the presenters at at our upcoming Emerging Issues in Healthcare Conference in San Diego, which begins on March 8th in beautiful weather, I hope, and will end on March 11th. So thank you both for attending and being willing to be on the podcast with me today. How are both of you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, Stephanie. It's good to be here. Great. Thanks. So we're just here to give people a little bit of a teaser of what you are going to be presenting and moderating on. What is your presentation going to be on? It'll be called Big Bad Data and the Healthcare Consumer. That's awesome. I mean, I know a lot of us have had our data, you know, in the ether of healthcare for many years now, and especially during the COVID pandemic, people were very concerned about their uses of their data. So what is your background, Elisa, and how did you get into this topic? Thank you. Um, So I'm currently an associate professor of decisions, operations, and technology management at the UCLA Anderson School of Management. My background is actually in engineering. I did my PhD up at Stanford in management science and engineering. And broadly, my research interest is focused on what's called healthcare operations management. So this is using data-driven statistical models of different healthcare policies or systems. And this ranges from everything related to improving delivery of medical equipment during the pandemic to allocating limited resources. Um, And the goal is to improve the efficiency and the quality of healthcare delivery. Well, you are doing very difficult work. I wouldn't expect anything less of an engineer. Tiffany, what is your background and how did you get into this topic or area of law? Yeah, thanks, Stephanie. I am currently a senior manager at Cornerstone Research in our Los Angeles office. My background is actually in economics. I have a PhD in economics. And I got into healthcare issues first working at a a company that consulted for pharmaceutical industry is kind of trying to understand what they were doing in their practices from an economics perspective. And then in my work at Cornerstone, supporting experts in litigation and regulatory investigations, again, in the healthcare and life sciences industries. So it's just been a, it's a fascinating area to do economics because there are so many different industry specifics and structures that really kind of guide the actions and incentives of all the individuals, the companies, the consumers um, who are engaged in this space. So So you've heard it here, listeners. I mean, we have economists, we have engineers coming to our conference. This is something that, you know, the issues related to big data are really cross-cutting and touch all industries, but particularly in healthcare. So To both of you, why do you think this topic is important for folks? I think as big data is becoming more and more ubiquitous in healthcare, we're seeing many healthcare companies, including insurers, large healthcare systems and hospitals, and even new data analytic firms are using big data to inform how they make treatment decisions for patients and even their fundamental business models. Um, we're also seeing new types of companies form that are just data aggregators. They, they, they take data from the web or from other devices and they sell it to, to other businesses. As you mentioned, as consumers, many of our data are out there in the ether. 
And a real topic that we're going to be exploring in this session is how these data can be used for good and what are some challenges of, of those data as well. Tiffany, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, just in my experience, you know, it's becoming of the trends that Elisa mentioned are becoming more and more important in some of the exciting cases we're seeing coming into our work at Cornerstone. And I think there's a lot of from from the I'm not a lawyer, but from the litigation standpoint or from the legal standpoint, there's a lot of interesting and kind of uncharted territory that's getting played out. And so we're kind of excited to to investigate that and discuss it at the panel. Yeah, very, very timely. I know a lot of people who want to use data, they're not sure what the implications are on the liability side, professional standards sides, things of that nature. So I know I'm going to be attending. So what are the recent trends in big data in healthcare? So this is an excellent question. And I would say there's really three things that are changing. The first is we're seeing new sources of data. Some of the recent trends, you know, in addition to We've seen years of using medical claims data or electronic medical record data. Now we're seeing increasingly the use of genomic data. So as people get their the human genome mapped or, or do perform genetic testing, that's vast amounts of data. That's a treasure trove for researchers. Um, and one thing we'll be talking about in an area of my research interest is what we refer to as digital footprints. So this mm. is as you interact with your phone or um, the internet, you leave a trace of a lot of the things that you do. That source of data, again, can be used across a range of industries, but in healthcare in particular, um, it's a real treasure trove of, of data. In addition to the sources of data, we're seeing new methodologies. So the advance of artificial intelligence and machine learning has really taken off in recent years. I think we've all um, heard in the news recently about the open AI platform called ChatGPT. This, I think, is going to really fundamentally change many industries, including law, including healthcare. So we'll talk a little bit about that and what challenges that's going to raise. And lastly, I think there's been, there's new concerns that are on the horizon as, as we see these new forms of data take place. This includes questions over data ownership. Um, when a testing company, for example, gets your genetic information. Do you own that? Or does the testing company own that? Can it be sold or bartered on an exchange and so forth? We're seeing many studies in academia looking at algorithmic biases. So when certain techniques in machine learning, for instance, reinforce or propagate existing biases that exist in the healthcare industry, what implications does that have for patients, for payers and providers, as well as some legal implications? And then, of course, we know that many of these types of data, like digital footprints, are being used by law enforcement um, in, in cracking cases. We saw, for instance, the Golden State Killer was found through a DNA test of a distant family member through like Ancestry.com. And, and increasingly, more and more law enforcement are subpoenaing these data aggregator companies. What are the implications for that? And these are, of course, just to name a few of the challenges um, coming down the road. Yeah, I mean, there's so many exciting things that can be done with data, but some frightening things. I know that my background as a privacy attorney has me thinking about the frightening things for the most part, but 
you know, this is a very important issue and has important debates related to patient safety, clinical research, and other areas that are important within healthcare. So you touched on artificial intelligence. Um, how is it used in healthcare settings? I know you talked about chat GPT. I know people are using it for clinical decision-making tools. What are What other parts of healthcare is artificial intelligence infiltrating into? Sure. And and just to be clear, when we I'll, I'll sort of describe what the kind of common definition of, of artificial intelligence or AI is. This is generally an umbrella term. It's been around for a long time, but it's for how machines or computers are capable of things like perception, logic, and learning. So it's really about artificial intelligence is about kind of mimicking how humans think. Within that, of course, we have machine learning. So that's more of a technique that uses algorithms that are trained based on data. So the idea with machine learning is you give enough data into um, into the computer, and it can be used to make predictions or make recommendations about some course of action based on historical data. So, so for instance, if I look at past data on healthcare spending um, across, let's say, the United States, I can run a machine learning algorithm that predicts how much spending would somebody incur in the future. Getting, getting to this point, though, we know that there's wide disparities in healthcare access. So there was a, a very well-known study that found that a large insurer was using one of these algorithms that was kind of mispredicting future expenditures based on somebody's race that and so it would it would have led to kind of this propagation of of a potential bias and that's what we were, we mean when we refer to an algorithmic bias um another way that this is often used is to augment physician decision making so i mean one thing decision physicians have to do all the time is decide on you know what is the diagnosis of a disease or so forth we see a lot of um, these machine learning algorithms perform better than some um, physicians, in particular in, in fields like radiology. So radiologists have to look at lots of scans and, and make a judgment call, is this cancer or not? Computers can be trained to do that, often with much higher accuracy and not subject to the same biases that, that humans have. I have I've recently been exploring a little bit of chat GPT, and I've seen some doctors have posted their experience with using chat GPT to write a letter requesting insurance coverage, for instance. So you have a patient who has some diagnosis and uh, maybe an insurer denies a, a, an expensive therapy for that patient. This is a time-consuming process for a physician to sit down and write that. You can ask ChatGPT to do that and bring in references and so forth. There, you know, the, the downside of this is these are not always accurate because again, ChatGPT is trained to think like a human. It's not trained to necessarily give you the correct answer. So if there's misinformation out there or incorrect information that's being used to train these models, then that can get propagated when it generates a response. Yeah. So you're, the outputs are only as good as the inputs. I saw a very entertaining thread about how a five-year-old used chat GPT to explain HIPAA and it actually did pretty, a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, from the economist or cornerstone perspective, what are the implications of using artificial intelligence? I, I can see that, you know, people could get very concerned about biased data being used to make decisions that could affect treatment decisions. Um, what other things do you, have you noticed, Tiffany? Yeah, certainly bias and discrimination is a big piece of it. I think the other issue is who access to the data and data privacy. That's something that's becoming kind of a hand-in-hand -hand issue with some of the AI regulation that we've seen. So 
can companies, what data can companies use to feed into their AI tools? And in terms of the, the output of the AI, who owns that as well? So, and this of course becomes an issue when you're thinking more of consumer uses of AI or applications of AI to consumer data. So it's really hand in hand with a lot of the privacy issues that we've seen crop up across states at the federal level and with individual companies. So that's those are the two big areas. I think AI also has it's we're in this interesting phase where kind of we can't necessarily predict what the innovation will do. And so there's a there's an interesting piece of it that relates to antitrust too. So the availability of data or access to data or data sharing has new implications in terms of what kind of information can you get about competitors? Is there a possibility for collusion? These are these are issues that we've also seen raised. And if in, in a world where we can use AI to kind of get new insights from data where we couldn't before, the stakes are a little higher and the ability to predict the competitive uses of data is somewhat reduced relative to what it was before. I hadn't even thought of the antitrust implications, so that's really interesting. So before we give away the whole store on this podcast, I'd love to hear your thoughts on who should attend this session. Well, we hope that this session will be applicable to a broad audience, given that big data really touches all of us and we're all consumers of healthcare. So even if we're not professionally interested in this, I think as as individuals and as consumers, we hope that it would be relevant to to many people. As mentioned, we will be discussing um, sort of the good and bad of of big data and how companies are using these data and how they might use these in the future. We hope that attendees will leave with a sense of the various trade-offs and emerging types of these um, types of new data sources and the legal issues that will be relevant today and could arise in the future. And Tiffany, as our guide, as our moderator, you know, what do you want attendees to get out of it? I think, you know, there's a lot of talk about big data. There's a lot of talk about artificial intelligence, but I think we're still at a time where we're understanding what those things are. So that's why I'm very excited to have Elisa as a panelist kind of giving us a framework since she is intricately familiar with these tools and and resources to kind of give us a a real overview of what are these things. And then, you know, our other co-panelist, Michael Madigan, will be providing perspective from the regulatory litigation side on just the issues that we talked about. So how are how does existing regulation and litigation impact the consequences of using big data and AI? And what kind of new things do we see on the horizon? So I'm excited to hear about all of those and discuss all of those. Yeah, I mean, states are still trying to catch up. They're trying, they're sending out RFIs to insurance companies and other entities that are using big data to, you know, make clinical decision tools and other machine learning models to analyze healthcare data. And we're still in a game of catch up. We're learning, we're building a plane as we're flying it. So that's absolutely with right. that. <laughs> with that, thank you, Tiffany. Thank you, Elisa. And I look forward to seeing both of you as well as Michael talk about this very important issue. And hopefully people who hear this mini podcast will register and attend EMI in San Diego on March 8th through 11th. And We'll see you there in sunny California. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thanks. Now a word from our sponsors. 
The Health Law Section would like to thank our premier sponsors for making today's podcast possible. Five-star premier sponsor, AAA, four-star premier sponsors, BRG and BMG Health, and three-star premier sponsors, Pinnacle Health. 